Welcome to the fittest podcast in Oakland, where your favorite coaches talk everything to help make you a better person inside and outside the gym. Hey everyone. So you might realize this is kind of a relaunch podcast, but not a relaunch podcast. And the reason I say that is I'm on here. (laughs) So if you don't know, this is Ben, probably do know that, but I wanted to hop on here and talk about the monthly lifestyle challenges. So we started those last year. They've done a great job. Gives, it gives folks opportunities to learn about a topic, grow about a topic and practice the topic each month. And we like focusing on that just like we do things in the gym where each class has a different focus. Each week might have a different focus. Each month might have a different focus. And then each quarter definitely has different focuses. And so we want to make sure that we help everyone in the gym find the habits, the strategies, the lifestyle pieces outside of the gym to make life better. Because as much as we would love to be the only thing you need to do is show up for an hour three to four days a week and that will make your life perfect. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) And it doesn't even work like that for fitness goals. So what we want to help folks do with these monthly lifestyle challenges, and I'm sure we'll talk this actually in the podcast when we interview Anne and go through all of those fun things is we want to help you find things that you didn't know you were missing. We want to uncover the rocks that you weren't focused on. And of course there's some obvious things. There's some things that people know But sometimes having a little more motivation around them can be very beneficial to jumpstarting a habit, jumpstarting a focus, jumpstarting something that you do. And so that's why we picked the 12 topics that we picked and we'll kind of run back through them each month. We might republish them. We might just re-record them. Um, I can't say which one we'll do most often, but we'll definitely do a bit of everyone. So... Let's get into January's Lifestyle Focus. We'll talk to this in the podcast, but January's Lifestyle Focus is all about alcohol. And of course, in the podcast, we'll talk through kind of benefits, challenges, and all of that. And the biggest thing we want you to take away is your relationship with alcohol. So study like, oh, this is where it's a problem for me. Oh, ooh, this is where it's a celebration for me. Or, oh, this is where it's a relaxant for me. Or, oh, this is when it's the courage creator, as we like to call it. Um, and wherever that is in your life, just understand and acknowledge that relationship. And when you do that, you will find that you have a much better relationship with alcohol. And maybe that relationship is a non-existent relationship. You just don't touch it. Maybe that relationship is a frequent relationship and you have it. It doesn't matter. And we're not here to judge you on it. We're here to help you on it. So big things we want to focus on with alcohol is what is your relationship with it? How does it affect you? How do you feel about it? How do you handle it? Um, So part of your goals might just be tracking. How often do I have alcohol? Part of your goals might be going, I'm not going to drink during the week. Part of your goals might be, I'm only going to drink one or two Saturdays with friends. Part of your goals might be, I'm not going to drink alone. Part of your goals might be, 
you know, instead of going out to dinner and ordering a drink, you're going to go out to dinner and just have water or soda or whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat or you need that there. The other big thing that Robin and Ann talk about in this podcast is how we become dependent upon it and how alcohol affects us in that dependence. So there are a lot of times when we are missing something else in life, and that can be nutritionally, that can be foods and sugars and other things like that, that alcohol savers and helps. It can be relationship-wise. Maybe we don't have a friend. Maybe we need someone around us, and alcohol is the thing to lean on. Maybe it's a, a social piece, and you need that little social piece to help you get over the hump, keep moving through things, and all of that. Those are all great things to look at when it comes to alcohol. Um, and we all struggle with it. I know uh, me personally, I struggle with it every week. I struggle with it on Friday and Saturdays. That's my kicker. Like I'm always like, oh, I need, need that beer to just kind of take the edge off the week. And that's okay. I've understood that crutch. I've known that crutch. And I have lived with that crutch. The challenge that I'll give to myself and I'll give to others is when we see we have that crutch, can we work away from it? Um, and that's, that's my goal this, this year. And so what I will challenge you to do is first become aware of what your habits are around alcohol. You know, are you a one glass of wine a night person? Are you, you know, the bottles on the counter, but I don't drink it all the time person. Are you a, I saw a cocktail on Instagram person and I need to go make that. Whatever it is for you, think and work through that. And it's easy to do, to be quite honest, when you start thinking of it, you do this with the gym, you do this with work, you do this with your kids, you track habits, you track hobbies, you track times, you schedule things, you do all of this in other aspects of your life, but why not do it also in your health? So really pay attention to that and really focus on that when we're working through these pieces and parts. With that said, um, I highly, highly recommend having a buddy or a journey partner with this. And that can be anybody in the gym too. Um, Robin and I are more than happy to walk this journey with you. We're more than happy to talk this journey with you. Um, of course, we won't be the therapist, but we can be the helpful friend and the guide there. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be giving up alcohol for life. It doesn't have to be giving up alcohol for a whole month. It, it could just be, let me be aware of what my alcohol habits are. Um, because... It, there are good things that come from it. It is a celebratory thing. It is a beautiful thing. But it's also got some necessary evils with it, so we don't abuse it. So our big challenge to you is to think about that. Think about how you recover from alcohol. Think about things that happen to you when you do drink alcohol and what that is. And when you start to become aware of that, you start to really recognize, ooh, this is where I get myself in trouble. Or, ooh, that's a trouble spot. And you can start to be better and better and better at working that. So keep that in mind and work through that. Um, what am I going to do for alcohol in the month of January? So I am going to do another dry January. It's what I do kind of every year. It's a little reset. It kind of helps start the year understanding when I crave it, when I don't crave it, and kind of becoming more aware of that. I'm pausing right now because I'm trying to think if I'm going to go longer or not. And I don't know yet. We might see how January goes for me. And I might really buckle down and try and go all the way through the open. So that would be through the month of February and into March. 
um, I just like having the option to drink alcohol when friends come to town, when parents want to celebrate, when people are around me that are consuming. Um, because that's usually where I am. I'm a social drinker. I, I do drink at home a little bit here and there, and that's just because I enjoy it. Um, it's fewer and farther between. It's usually one night a week at most. <laughs> Sometimes two, but usually it doesn't bleed into the work week or anything like that um, in those types of situations, unless it's like a super special situation. So that's just me. Um, but yeah, that'll be my challenge to myself is to go another dry January and hopefully you'll join me. If you don't feel like joining me, don't worry about it. Um, do you as best you can. But the big focus of January is to focus on alcohol and what's going on with your relationship in and around alcohol and how to do it better, how to do things that help you through that. Okay. So again, uh, sit back, listen up. This is a great podcast for you all to enjoy. And Ann and Robin crush this one. So if you see them around the gym, say thanks for reminding me about all these good things and your stories. Um, and we'll go from there. So kick ass, take names, whatever that is, you know, have fun. And we'll see you in the gym in January. We'll be rocking and rolling in 2023. And then we'll be focused on how we have a relationship around alcohol. All right, gang. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get to learning. All right. Welcome back, everyone. What are we talking about today, Robin? All right. So we are talking about 2022. We're looking ahead. We're looking ahead in the book. And we're really excited to announce that we are going to be throwing out some monthly challenges to our gym community and to ourselves for that matter. Um, there will be 12 of them, one for every month. And they're all just lifestyle choices um, that will help you outside the gym to do better in the gym. So we're really just saying, how can we get better um, besides what we're doing in the gym and coaching it? We're gonna give you a little extra homework, okay? So the first one we're gonna do is for January. It is alcohol, alcohol. And we have a special guest with us today who's going to um, kind of talk about their experience with this lovely substance. So without further ado, I'm going to let our special guest introduce herself. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Ben. My name's Anne, and I have been uh, here for 150 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, this December, actually, we're in December now, so I'm now celebrating my one year without any alcohol. In <laughs> Hopefully that's really obnoxious over the speaker right there. <laughs> it started off as uh, I was going to do dry January in 2021, but I was feeling especially pickled after 2020. And I decided to start it in December of last year, a little bit of a kickoff. I always do dry January. I think it's a really great idea, um, but I started feeling shockingly really good at the end of January <laughs> of this year. So I decided to keep it going. And that's, that's my basic story. Cool. Well, you have a lot more to you, but this is just in, in relation to this podcast. Okay. Yes. <laughs> in relation so, to this podcast. Yes. We are going to talk. So we're going to talk about alcohol. We're going to talk about what happens when you put it in your body. Um, some of the reasons people drink some of the pitfalls of um, drinking alcohol, and then maybe some ideas for why you might want to take a break this January. Um, we want to be really clear that we're not, these aren't directives and these aren't judgments. We're just saying, hey, maybe take a look at this part of your life. This might not apply to you at all. And in that case, you can just move on with your life. But if you're curious, we're going to start with why people drink. 
Um, let's ask uh, Anne first why <laughs> she was drinking, and then we'll talk about just in general why people might drink. Uh, well, I um, I have been drinking pretty much my whole life. Grew up in a very alcohol loving family, and um, I've been pretty much drinking daily since I was about eighteen. And um, it became just part of my lifestyle and a much loved part of my lifestyle. And um, I found that I would use it to celebrate. I would found, I used it to reward myself. Uh, also when I was depressed, when I was happy, when I was sad, pretty much any reason at all. And there was my go-to. And then boom, global pandemic, horrible dystopian political future the failing of democracy. And guess what? My, um, my life sort of felt a little weird. And I found that I was drinking more and more and more to get the basic dopamine release of just one drink. Um, so that is when I decided that uh, I needed to take a little break. And um, it was no longer relaxing me. It was no longer delivering the dopamine hits that I wanted. Well, let's and, talk about let's talk about that. Yeah. So that's why you drank. Yep. Um, and those are basically all the reasons that we have on our list. Um, relaxation, numbing your emotions, um, socializing, that social lubricant. These are all um, very common. You might have other reasons. I know one of mine is boredom. Um, it just is. It's, it's like, yeah. I, I have nothing to do. I think I'll have a beer or a wine. Um, but the reason... Um, scientifically people drink is because it, it literally is a drug that will calm your, uh, your brain. It'll calm your brain. Uh, so it's, there's a really good reason it works. It works. It works for so many reasons. So it's okay. Um, if you are a drinker, because it, it's, there's a, there's good reasons for doing it. I mean, relatively good reasons. <laughs> um, and the, I say relatively because uh, there are a lot of pitfalls to it and all the things that make it you want to drink and make you feel good actually can cause harm because of what it's doing in your brain. Um, Anne mentioned dopamine. So that's like a feel good hormone. So is serotonin. Alcohol will hit that part of your brain and release that for you. And that's great to a point. The other thing that it does in your brain is it um, hits your prefrontal cortex. If you don't know what that is, that's your primitive brain. That's your animal brain. Those are your impulses and instincts, and it limits your access to higher functions, right? So that's what's happening. So let's throw it over to you and talk about some of the pitfalls you saw in your life, and then we'll talk about anything that you left out. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I sort of cut it out that I really realized the pitfalls, but um, uh, while I was drinking, um, I found that I was quicker to anger. I found that my insomnia, that my, my sleep patterns were disrupted. Um, also women heading into menopause, alcohol does some fun things to your hormones. Um, I also found that, uh, my patients and my my working and home relationships with my family and friends were just all being a little bit stressed out. And so I just kept coming back to these things. Um, so what I found shockingly when I removed it from my life that mainly first and foremost, as a lifelong insomniac, I started sleeping. Um, 
when you start sleeping, your whole life is like unicorns and rainbows. So before you get to the great yeah. things that happen, do I need to take a break? Because we will get there. We're going to talk about, we're going to go and take from all those things that you were talking about. Um, what about hangovers, Sam? Oh, they're so much fun. Um, did yeah, you experience hangover? hangovers? I did, but when you are a lifelong drinker, you don't think that they're hangovers. You think that you're just tired and crabby. But in reality, um, because when you drink all the time, uh, the hangovers just become normal. But um, the big ones, the big crippling hangovers, the ones you would get in like college and stuff, I wasn't really experiencing that so much. I was just experiencing more of like a daily nastiness like a malaise yeah a malaise. Yeah. yeah yeah and and we're going to talk about that uh what's happening in your body when you put the the alcohol in and why you are feeling all these things um yeah but hangovers for sure yeah yeah hangovers let's let um let's let benjamin talk about alcohol as a toxin what is it what does it do at the, at the in the body level so in the body level your body intakes it of course mm -hmm. then it has to process it so you start to digest it, it absorbs it through your stomach lining, blah, 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 sends it to your liver. <laughs> you go more in detail in there, talks to me outside of this. Liver has to process it. Yeah. So it has to break it down. In order to break it down, like any toxin, it's got to create some chemical reactions. There in turn, creates the things that Ann was talking about, Robin was talking about. The dopamine release happens, serotonin, relaxes you, the ah feeling. But then also other things start to shut down. The age-old thing with alcohol is it takes tomorrow's fun today, right? So, sure. and that's where we all get the laughs about the hangovers and things like that. But bottom line is toxin comes in, it's got a process, sends it out. In order to process it all, it takes time. And that's the tricky part with alcohol is you might think I'm no longer drunk. It's out of my system. It's not out of your system. <laughs> and especially with someone who is a consistent drinker, uh, we'll get to this a little bit later, but set points change. That's yeah. where like, you're like, oh, I'm not hungover. This is, just, I just feel crappy. When it's actually every day is a hangover. You just don't realize it. You've set that point. Yeah. Um, Your new normal. Yeah, exactly. And that's where processing actually get, again, starts to slow down. And so the only way to relieve it sometimes is the next drink. You know, we talk about all the time with hair of the dog. <laughs> so that's where we can start to look at some of those pieces um, when we start to look at the, what the body does with it. So, and what you were saying about the body has to clear out the alcohol and it can take hours to days. In the meantime, all of the good things, all of the other lifestyle choices you've made, you're, it, they're on hold. Your body's not going to create that HGH. It's not going to burn your fat from that workout you did. It's not going to increase your metabolism for want of a better word at the cellular level, because first it has to clear out all that nasty ethyl alcohol. So you're really, you're really not doing yourself a favor if you come into the gym and then go out and have a drink. And it, it sounds so good, but it is not doing you any favors. And I want to give you an idea on timelines there. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I stopped drinking at 2 a.m. No, it's like, let me actually digest this. So whenever you start to digest it, that's when the clock actually starts. Mm. So they'll, they'll, some people will tell you, oh, it's 24 hours after your last drink. Really and truly, it's probably 48 hours after your last drink because one, you've had the digestion process happen. That can range anywhere from what, six to 12 hours or something like that. 
And then the body starts kicking all those systems back off. So you might have cleared the alcohol out. You might have digested it all, processed it all. And oh, by the way, it gets slower at that as you age and as you drink more. So you're, that's why we have less hangovers when we're younger. And then the body starts to kick all those things back off. So you start to build the testosterone, the estrogen, the things, the hormones, the good things that Anne was talking about. The sleep starts to kick back in. So your recovery starts to happen. Inflammation starts to come down. All those good things we talk about doing start to kick back off. But they don't start running again because they take time to get back up and running. Yeah. So it's like, great. And then you drink again on Monday night. And then you drink again on Tuesday night. And that cycle never gets to kick back into place as you go. So that's where you get your beer guts and your, you know, and your dehydration. Uh, so that's where you get your headaches, you know, all of that stuff. Puffy face. Puffy face, bad skin, bad blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, let's not go too bad uh, down this hole. Let's just say alcohol not good for you. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was really fascinating going back to the brain was this hedonic, I think that's how you say it, set point. So all the things that give you pleasure outside of alcohol, I mean, walk in the park, talking to your friends, banging your significant other, whatever it is that makes you feel really good, isn't going to make you feel as good as alcohol because that set point uh, keeps going up and up and up the more you drink. So now all you want is alcohol to feel good. You don't have those other options in your toolbox, which is, I think, really scary. So anyway. And we see that with every drug and lots right. of other things. So that there's just something to be paying attention to. Paying attention to. Um, we have synapses up there. Did we talk about synapses? We didn't. And did we talk about REM sleep? We didn't. Okay. So, uh, I'll go REM sleep. So our REM, everyone knows what REM sleep. That's when your eyeballs are moving under your eyelids and you're having dreams and it's like the healthy sleep, the best sleep. Uh, that's not going to happen until you clear that alcohol out of your system. So that first initial, I would say 12 hours, six to 12 hours, you're not going to have that REM sleep or you're not gonna have good quality sleep. And that's kind of one of the reasons you feel like I slept, but I feel crappy and like I didn't sleep. So even if you don't have insomnia, you're probably not getting super healthy sleep. And this is the tricky one for the, the two drink a night person. Yeah. The person that over pours their glass of wine, not realizing, oh, it's just one glass. And they really, you really look at it and you go, well, that's a full full red wine glass. That's not a- uh, That's a half a bottle right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's not, that's not a, um, what, is, yeah. what is it? Was it a four ounce pour? Is it? Yeah, that's, I can't remember. That's what, a drink. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's not that. So then you try and sleep eight hours, and really and truly, you're processing, not getting into those extra stages of sleep, like deep sleep and REM sleep. You're just in this light stage, which is yeah. good better, for you. Better than nothing. You I feel suppose. passed out. You <laughs> yeah. feel passed out, yeah. but you're not actually handling it. And it's funny if you ever get a sleep tracker, go look at the cycles as best they can guess. It, it'll be really eye opening. You can see a big difference between. I see, I'll, I'll be honest, I see it when I sleep. I'll sleep eight, nine hours after drinking a whole bunch. But then you look at the quality of it and I go, yeah. geez, that was terrible. Yeah, exactly. And so it's funny um, when you start looking and tracking those things. Uh, and then synapses then. Synapses. So synapses are like, if you've ever shocked yourself with an outlet or electrical current or created a circuit, anything like that, it's the synapses throughout your body i.e. the brain synapses where the nerves send electrons or I can't remember, basically electric signals over them. So the less fluid you have in your body, the less conductivity you have, i.e. the less speed those have to go through. So as the liver is processing the alcohol, 
the hydration levels drop, AKY, you feel bad the next day, stomach, things like that. And so all those synapses start to slow down. And this is where Robin was talking about um, your higher functions start to stop. Your reactions start to stop. It's why, why you don't drive. <laughs> exactly. Or text your ex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, you, you start to see those, those processing functions start to really drop. Um, and that it, you'll think, oh, well, that's just while I'm blowing over a 0.08. Oh, it continues because the body still has to keep processing those. And that's where Anne was describing the constant moods and things like that. So not only are the hormones not helping you, but now the function of the brain and other things are starting to slow. And you, know, you see all those other emotions start to come out, not only because of the hormones, because you're just not processing. So th this is uh, where I want to insert just really quickly that this is why this is a judgment-free challenge. It, it's really easy. You might not have this issue at all, and that's great. But if you do, don't be hard on yourself. This is a toxin, and it's creating this want, this need, uh, at the expense of all of this stuff that we're talking about. You might even know all of this stuff and still want to have those drinks every night. And that's totally normal. That's your brain. That's not your willpower or anything. So, you know, creating a new habit is really hard. So this, like we said, we just want to look at this and kind of think about, is this what I want for my life? I think so. that that's important is like to, to just be mindful of the fact that just starting to, to think about it and notice it. Even if, even if in January you're choosing just to notice when you're having your drinks or just to notice how you're feeling. I think once you just start noticing for me personally, that's what happened <clears throat> last year in 2020 was I was noticing some patterns that were so obviously not benefiting me in any way, but I kept thinking, well, the pandemic or my job or whatever. And, and it's like, uh, I have reasons for all this. And sure, you do have reasons for all this, but you also have to be super aware of the fact that uh, this is, there's a reason why you're drawn to these things. There's, there's science behind the need to repeat this behavior and whether or not you are uh, have no problem with it, or you, you are thinking that you might want to cut back. It's something just to be mindful of and to, to sort of track your, your impulses for a while, because once you start looking at it and being really honest with yourself, that is the first, that is really the first thing. Um, it's not your family's job. It's not your partner's job. It's not your coach's job. It's not anybody else's job to tell you that you have an issue that really has to come from you. So what did happen when you quit? Let's talk about why, why you would want to take a break, perhaps. Um, I wanted to take a break because I've always done dry January and I always feel like a rock star at the end of it. And then I always get so excited on February 1st and I drink as much as I possibly <laughs> can because I'm so happy to be able to have my favorite drug of choice. Um, and, but I always felt like I was being so awesome and look at me, I can do dry January and I'm so great. And then I would get wasted on the first day back into February and just throw it all out the door, which is fine. That's fine. Yeah. No judgment there. I just decided. Maybe you took a break and you realized I didn't feel any different. Right. So why not drink? Exactly. But you that's might, not what happened yeah, to you. That's not what happened to me. I found that, um, all of a sudden the cobwebs started going away. I found that I was laughing like a maniac at things that actually made me really happy. I found joy in my life again. I was able to communicate more effectively. I'm not saying this was easy. And I'm also not saying that I still don't want to have drinks all the time. 
my husband makes these gorgeous um, margaritas that I will smell. And then he will make me a fantastic mocktail for me that I now am completely obsessed with. I still want all of these things, but I don't want the way that I was feeling. So it's an easy trade-off now. Um, it was not easy. It's make, I was crabby as shit. And, um, but now all of the firsts of 2021, first girls weekend away, first wedding, first birthday, first Thanksgiving. I'm going to celebrate my first Christmas. Well, actually I celebrate last Christmas. All these firsts are now like, look at me. Yeah. Holy shit. I can do this. So one of the benefits is, is empowering. Yeah. It's super empowering. overcoming it's a habit that's things. been there since you were 18. Yeah. I mean, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, you, I know you sleep better. I sleep better. My skin's improved. Okay. So I, let's talk uh, about the skin. Why mm -hmm. do you think that, that dehydration, right? So that's getting that skin to feel better. I've heard this from many, many people that when they stop drinking, their skin gets better. I mean, that's motivating. Yeah. I mean, and then you were talking to me earlier about uh, feeling the, so we, we numb uh, our feelings and that's not just our emotions, but you were talking about the way your body feels in space even. Yeah. Um, so talk about that. Um, well, uh, I know a lot of people quit drinking because they think they'll instantly lose weight. And that is also very, that's a, that's a great thing. That didn't necessarily happen to me. Um, but I found other things that worked for me and that was, I was, I had much more body awareness. Um, I felt more grounded. Um, I actually feel stronger, even though I haven't been as consistent in the gym, I feel much stronger because I'm incorporating other things into my fitness that um, feel better. So whether that's yoga or um, hiking, in addition to, to the CrossFit workouts and the, and the weight-bearing workouts, um, things that I really wouldn't have even considered. I just feel, I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling all the things, which sounds very groovy in California, but um, that's one of the great things is that sometimes you get so overwhelmed with happiness that you're like, Wow. <laughs> My yeah. Why did I mask that? Why did I mask yeah. that for so well, long? Well, I'll tell you why, because now you're probably also feeling all the sads and the, you definitely yeah. feeling all the sads too. Yeah. All <laughs> but the, that's yeah, you know, the but human that's condition. Also, right? yeah. How you live your life. Um, uh, so I have just more of a better clarity and then, um, something that you and I have talked about Robin, uh, and I forget which one of the books I read that talked about this. It might've been Laura, Laura McCallan's the luckiest the luckiest one, but, um, you just have so much more real estate in your brain to do other things. You don't have to think about when you're going to have your next drink. You don't have to think about, okay, I might be having a problem. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to have one glass of wine on Thursday and I'm going to have two glasses of wine on Friday. And then I'll allow myself one cocktail on Saturday and then I won't drink Sunday. And it's like, Jesus, it's so much. It's like just all the real estate you have in your brain to not have to think about any of that stuff anymore. is great. Not to mention the cash. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know, I know I spend a lot of money. Uh, we all, we drinkers love to throw our money around and it's like nothing. It's like nothing to buy a $20 bottle of wine. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I do want to talk about taking a break with, with what you talked about strength. Um, you said you feel stronger and that's clearing out the, the path for the benefits of the gym. So when you lift, and you go to sleep, you recover, right? Your recovery is part of 
the benefits. You're getting your human growth hormone and your testosterone. And yes, even you ladies need that. It makes the feel good hormones, right? It's giving you that strength at that cellular level. And that's also what makes you a better fat burner. Um, so if you are that person that feels like you want to get rid of a little goo on top of your strong muscles, um, this will kind of clear the way for that. So it's not going to impede that progress. And that's one of the things I love about this break taking. You might find you do feel stronger, maybe less aches in the joints. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Ben? So let's talk inflammation. Okay. Right? Inflammation. So, so we talk about having to process things. We talk about dehydration. Boom. We see inflammation happen. This is why not the morning after you go drinking, you feel all skinny because you're really, really dehydrated. But then the two days later, you have a massive bloat. Because now the body's trying to recover and hydrate. So it's going to hold on to everything because it thinks it lost everything. And this is where we get in trouble. So not only does that dehydration and inflammation cause your joints to hurt, it also causes you to then retain things. So that's where Robin's talking about that little extra pooch yeah. and things like that. So when we cut out that process and we go, hey, we're not going to retain anything, nor do I need to, boom, body starts functioning again. It starts moving. It allows the tendons and structures to recover and adapt instead of feeling inflamed and kind of, that's where you get the little aches and pains. Is that why I complain every morning before we work out? <laughs> it can be. It legitimately can be. And it, it's, it's what people sometimes don't realize is because we're made up of so much water, that's part of it. Like that fluid is what makes you feel for lack of terms, fluid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all know that feeling and that's, that's where performance can start to come in, in a big manner and way. So it doesn't surprise me that Anne was feeling better, even though she's like, I'm not working out as much, but yeah, the body is now functioning better. Yeah. And so it's, that's where, I mean, we've all done it. We've all done the, the hike after being hung over. We've all done the workout after being hung over. You're not going to click. It's not going to feel that great. You might be getting through it and you might sweat out the alcohol and feel better at the end, but you're not gaining anything. From yeah. It. So you're just basically breaking even. Um, at best, I yeah. would argue. I'd argue probably beating yourself up more. Right. And Which not just circles us back to why we want to challenge you to look at alcohol and its, and its role. Because maybe you are not progressing the way you want to. And you're looking around and maybe you're looking at us like, why is this not working? You promised me in our free session that this was going to work and I was going to have this amazing body. Um, well, there's other things that you do outside. And, and like Anne said, you, you clear, this, taking this break is going to clear the way to kind of look at those things and maybe in a more realistic way instead of just going from binge to I'm going to sweat it out in the gym to binge. I'm going to sweat it out in the gym and just being in that, that cycle, this might break that cycle and at least give you a little vision of, well, this isn't helping me or I feel so much better and, uh, writing it down. Do you, I know you write a lot of stuff down. I do. So maybe taking this January to write down how you're feeling and then you can go back later and go, Oh, is this related to alcohol or whatever? Um, Talk about that. Does that help you? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been a big fan of, of morning journaling for, uh, almost 15 years now. And one of the things at the end of 2020 that I noticed when I went back and looked at my journaling was almost every single morning I would talk about being sleep deprived, 
in pain. My body was in pain, you know, foggy every morning. And there was also things that I was writing years and years and years that were like, God, wouldn't it be great if I just never drank again? Wouldn't my life just be so much easier? You wrote that in your journal? Oh, for years. Oh. And it wasn't until I went back and started looking at it and I was like, my God, okay, if that's not crystal clear, it never even seemed to be an option because I love it so much. I love good wine. I love good wine and food. I love hanging out with friends over wine and food. It was like, I could never have that life if I stop. And that's just simply not the case. Um, and so what I found in my morning writing every morning that I would wake up, um, I would write down the things that I was feeling. And every single day that I made a note as I was on my, you know, sober journey was, uh, I could not believe that I was doing it a, and that I couldn't believe how much better I was feeling. And that's even after, you know, like furloughs and global pandemics and deaths in the family and, and friends going through horrible things and, and horror, you know, really, and really hard, hard stuff that we're all dealing with right now. These are very dark, challenging times. And yet I was feeling optimistic and positive and that was like void before. So writing stuff down, it's, I can't recommend it enough. Even if it's just 10 to 15 minutes in the morning before you get up um, and before you get on with your day while you're having a cup of coffee, it, it uh, sort of straightens out your brain. They call it clearing the cobwebs. You just sort mm -hmm. of get it all. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You're just writing stuff down. And as Robin and Ben mentioned, uh, the REM state, you know, I, I used to not dream. And now I'll write down some of the insane shit going on in my brain after I've had some really bonkers dreams. And that's also kind of fun. That must be fun to read later. Yeah, I'm sure it's boring as hell to anybody else, but I find it fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So I think we've made a really good case for at least considering taking a break. And, and that could be you know, less, less days. Um, but I'm going to put it out there that I think really to get all of these benefits, you, you, you should probably just cut it out if you can, um, for just a, just a month, you can do anything. Uh, I know Anne's one of your mantras is we can do hard things. Oh yeah. Well, that's really Glennon Doyle's thing. Uh, she's the one who, who said it and I use it all the time, but yeah, we can do hard things. Um, we... and mine is the mind is stronger than your feelings. Yeah. That's a tough one for me. Do you have one? <laughs> I have a bunch, but I'm going to add one more reason why. Oh, okay. So Anne talked about this one. And I, I re this is what I love. Wine is delicious. Old fashions are delicious. Yes. There are so many beautiful Yummy. liquors, beers. <laughs> Craft beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going down that route. <laughs> Someone has a few in their fridge. <laughs> yes, I do. But that's not neither here nor there. Okay. There's a reason they're in my fridge because I don't drink them. Um, but this is what I want you to understand. We talked about the hedonic set point. Yeah. If I drop that, AKA I take an abstinence from it. When I come back to it, it tastes even better. Mm -hmm. This is what they talk about. People who cut out sugar, they all of a sudden turn around to a strawberry and like, this is the sweetest, most amazing strawberry I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Cause you're not drinking a Slurpee and comparing it. Yeah. It's, it's that reset. So, so maybe you're like, I don't want to give this stuff up forever. I know I want to go have I have this fun thing. I like celebrating with this thing. There's this family tradition wrapped around. Keep them. But if you can reset yourself. So maybe now, instead of taking a whole bottle of wine, 
to hit that amazing point or that feel good point, it takes a glass and you can reset kind of consistently. Um, and that's where something like this, you may have no intention of ever giving it up, but resetting yourself makes you enjoy it even more. And that's where like, we can look at all those benefits and then add that one in and you're like, oh, there's, there's not really a reason not to try it. I love it. So the challenge is look at alcohol in your life and um, maybe write about it and then maybe consider taking a break and then writing about that or at least thinking about uh, or noticing any changes and seeing if, if and make a good choice. Like, again, try not to get, let your brain control your choices. I mean, I, that's my challenge. I'm going to put it right back on myself. I'm going to try to do this so that I can teach my brain that I'm in charge because right now it's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's the, it's the, um, there's all these just, you know, there's great apps and there's books and podcasts and communities and 10 trillion different, um, uh, support systems, you so, know, and, um, you know, there's also labels and all these other things that you, you may or may. Yeah. You want to make a recommendation? Oh God. You know, make, I have a thousand books. Yes. I could, um, we can put them in the notes. I can put them in the notes for you guys. Yeah. I, I think my top three would be, um, this naked mind, the luckiest club quit like a woman. And I've heard of that one. Alcohol lied to me. Oh. Um, those, those are my top four, <laughs> yeah. not like 25 <laughs> more, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, uh, and can people talk to you? Oh God. Yeah. Talk to Anne about her experience. Yeah. I know I do all the time Yeah, <laughs> and she's really quite fun still without alcohol. I could attest yeah, to that. She, Robin has gone out with me on many, many girls weekends and I'm, I'm not a drag. She's super fun. <laughs> and she can pay attention to my problems more now because she's sober. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. My husband still enjoys, uh, beverages now and then. And, uh, the thing that's great is that, uh, my entire community and family and everybody that I'm close with, uh, is like so on board and also uh happy and it's also just kind of changed the dialogue with uh everybody it's not just and it's also just very interesting to 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 just track how your body and society and your and your support group shifts even slightly once you start talking about it even if you choose not to do this um, just start talking about it. Uh, I, I guarantee you, once you sort of put it out there, things will start to present themselves a little differently. Although I challenge you to, to try dry January. It's pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. All right. And then, um, again, I want to swing back to, this is no judgment zone if you don't want to do this, but if you do, um, it's a great thing to kind of have that support system and know that other people in the gym are abstaining. Um, and if you cannot stop for whatever reason, and you're worried about that you might have a problem with alcohol, we encourage you strongly to talk to someone, talk to your doctor, talk to your therapist. There's tons of stuff online that you can reach out and you can always reach out to your coaches. This is a really safe place and it's a really confidential place. So um, if you need our help, we're here for you. Cool. Cool. 
Well, thank you so much for being here oh and gosh. for sharing something so personal with us. We really thank appreciate it. And you're my hero. And I know I'm going to be checking in with you a lot. January 2nd, 3rd, 10th, probably. They <laughs> but, say um, if you can make it just 20 minutes. All right. I, I know I have an app actually yeah. that has a craving timer on Your it. Your craving timer is real. Yeah. If, you can, if you're, if you think, if you ever think you can't do it, walk away, go for a walk for 20 minutes and then you'll come back to your party and you're fine. Love That's it. all you need. Love it. You heard it here. Any final words, Ben? That's it. I can't say it better than that. All right. All right. So here's here. Cheers to dry cheers. January. Happy Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye everyone.